This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and today we're fortunate to have, we have Ben Snyder. He's a professional EOS implementer. He's a principal at BizX. BizX provides real-world expertise and the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, to help business owners and operators grow their companies consistently. It's a time-tested model and a process with simple, practical tools where they help clients achieve three things, vision, traction, and a healthy business. Ben, thanks so much for coming on the show. Bob, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, we were chatting before the show, lots of things in common. The one fun fact that folks may not know about you is you were a professional baseball player at one time in Houston Astros, if I remember correctly. Yep, uh, back in the early 80s. With a math degree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was the, the smart guy in the, in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, tell us a little bit about your business and who you serve. Okay. Well, first of all, the people I serve is folks who have businesses from 5 to 50 million, or if you want to go with employee size, you know, 10 to 200. And they're usually the operator owners. So a lot of family businesses too. Those are the folks that I serve. Um, in terms of what I do is I help them basically get what they want out of their business. You know, every entrepreneur has something they want out of the business, whether it be financial security or they want more time with their family. But ultimately, when I work together, I help them get what they want. And then in thinking, rolling the clock back a bit, EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System, is a derivative or an outgrowth of a fairly well-noted author that's widely respected in the business arena. Right. Gina Wickham, Wickman is the person who wrote the book, Traction, back in uh, 2007. And since then, obviously, it's become quite popular here in, in the States, I would say, as a whole. And now it's starting to move outside uh, into the international world. And so for I've actually read Traction. I've interviewed some folks that use Traction. And there's a lot of complimentary dialogue that goes off on the concepts and principles that are contained in that book. And so the entrepreneur operating system, as I understand it, incorporates some of that into a systematic process. Yeah. I mean, these are tools that you know have been around a long time. So some of them you know, people recognize, but the power of it is when it's brought together in a complete system where the tools interact with one another and support one another. When you talk to a business owner that's functioning in the business without DOS, what do you typically hear from the business owner? Well, the first thing is, I would say the biggest part is the lack of control. I mean, it's like they're constantly working in the business, firefighting, resolving conflicts with customers. And so as a whole, what they're struggling with is basically not being able to have control of it, not having a vision for where they want to go. Their employees, are their customers, are in, when their interactions are full of strife. I would say there's just a lot of chaos in it. You know, and there's, there's a tipping point for that business owner somewhere, you know, and so there's a reason that when you show up and talk to them about the operating system and they go, this is where I've been, what do you think the tipping point discussion is? Is it the vision that they have? You know, is it getting organized? What do you think the tipping point to, to start using EOS is? I do hear a lot of folks saying, you know, the vision component, I used to do some of that and I've lost it. And now I just seem to be working day to day on my business, you know, not looking out towards the future. That's a strong one for sure, so that they can get a vision and know where they're going. The being out of control, the sense of knowing who's the right person for my company, 
I can look at the data. I can look at a scorecard and know that my company is healthy. You know, those are kind of things that they really wish they had. You know, it's funny when we first introduced the scorecard and people start getting, and I asked them, so how do you know that your business is healthy? And there's a lot of times people say, I wake up at two in the morning and I start thinking, oh my gosh, how am I doing in this area? And so I go get my email together. I send off some emails to my leadership team and I'm asking for things on how's manufacturing, how's accounting, how's this. And so when I get in, I get all this information. I take a deep breath and I say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm reasonably okay. You know, that's how they let it go versus every week being able to pull up a sheet and say, boom, here you are. And this is not your first rodeo. So you've owned businesses in the past as well. Yep. Some good, <laughs> some not so good. Yeah. So yeah, I would say definitely I'm, I've seen the full spectrum of that operating, you know, four different businesses over the past 20 years. So I've been able to see quite a bit. I've seen businesses from the very conception. I've started them from, you know, $5,000 line of credit on a credit card all the way to transactions where you're selling it for six, seven million. So yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be around on several businesses. And f- some of the things that folks don't know is that your training ground was one of the largest companies on the planet, Lockheed Martin. Yep. Way back then, I, I worked as a systems integrator, learned a lot about project management, which obviously helps me know how to execute. So one of the things I always did well in the business was to be able to set goals and execute on them. You know, and what I think about is, where were you, you know, which is, you know, competitive in sports, you know, mathematician coming up through the Lockheed system, owning businesses yourself, and then you transition to the where you're helping business owners get a hand on the levers of their business. And so with EOS and, and looking at the model, and I'm, for the folks that are, have a video, I've actually got the workbook, and I was at a Vistage meeting recently where you were the presenter at Vistage, which I think... You do that in YPO a fair yep. amount. Mm-hmm. And I was struck by the organization inside the workbook. So can you talk a little bit about the components or the items that are important in this book that EOS stands behind? Yeah. It, it's all built on a model that starts really with the business owner. You know, if you're a business leader, you're very familiar with, you know, I got about 139 things running around in your head. And you're trying to keep all those organized and checking and making sure they're going. One of the realizations we found is that if you strengthen six key components of your business, those 139 things just fall into place because they're not the problem. They're the symptom. The six key areas attack the common problems people face that cause the chaos and the uncertainty within their business. We we were talking before the show is most business owners are extremely passionate about why they got into a particular line. They're passionate about their customers and their vision and their visionaries. And I'm a pre-med kid that went through the army. I didn't have a business course, you know, and you think as a mathematician, you didn't come through with a business course. And, and I think about these key concepts. So let's dig into those six key components, starting with vision. Okay. You know, vision, one of the things that we're very aware is that when you look at vision and strategy, you can do it to the nth detail. So simplicity really matters here. And so getting your whole leadership team 100% on the same page with where the where the company's going and how you get there is really important. You know, one of the funny things I like to say is, you know, getting a vision or having a vision is really not the issue. The issue is getting all 
members of your leadership team on the same vision. And so when you start pulling out those peculiarities of the vision, making sure everybody agrees to them, that's the part that's really important. So let's say I'm the business owner and I'm working with you. So we've established the vision. And then we look at my inventory of people in my business and you go, okay, how do I know that I have the right people that are going to get on board with my vision? So the next one would be people. Yeah. Nobody gets to their vision without good employees. I mean, that's the bottom line. Good leadership teams recognize they may be directing the company, but it's the people in the trenches who actually make it happen. And so oftentimes I find clients asking, so what is the right person for me? And that's really important. And we, one of the things we do in the vision is create the values for the company. And once we have the values, now we're able to hire, fire, promote, and compensate based on those. And so finding the ideal person for your business in terms of character is important. And then you have to find your ideal person in terms, do they fit that seat? Do they get it? Do they want to have that job? And do they have the capability to perform it? You know, and so good people is what's needed. And there's tools where you say you've got the right person just in the wrong seat. And so, you know, you can get that going. And then you segue over to the data side of the effort. Yeah. We move away from magic, you know, subjectivity, political, personal agendas, and you get to the raw, hard data. How is my company doing? Every company has a set of vital signs that tell them, are they in good health or not? And so when you identify those, okay, and you know that when they're not on course or not meeting the goal or the standard, you need corrective action, okay? And some of that corrective action happens on a weekly basis. Some of the corrective action can wait monthly, and some, frankly, could be quarterly. But it's the items that you know when they're outside the bounds, you need to take action. So the next component, you know, is once you kind of get through the vision, the people and the data and the issues, then you have process. Yep. And so that balance of people and the vision of where you're going, right away, you start seeing issues bubble to the top that are preventing you from chasing that vision. And so the leadership team needs to really strengthen their, their muscles on how to resolve issues and resolving them once and for all. You do not want them kicking the can down the road and you don't want them attacking issues and talking and talking about it and then never resolving it. So yeah, getting to resolving issues is a huge part of it. And you know, probably to the favorite word in the six is traction. Yes, traction. Yep. I mean, traction is, is where you're actually getting accountability. What I like to say is there's a certain meeting pulse that you want. And the meeting pulse is that you want to have a, a weekly meeting that checks to make sure that what you're trying to get done that quarter is on track. Once you understand that, that they're getting on track. Now every quarter, you're making sure that you're producing deliverables that are attacking your goals. And so every quarter, you want to make sure that your goals are on track. And then ultimately, at the end of the year, you get to see, yep, I met all what everything I wanted to do. So the traction component is a magical piece, but it all starts with that weekly meeting. And we have a very unique way of handling that. We call it the level 10 meeting. Well, that sounds like a secret. What's the level 10 meeting? <laughs> Well, level 10 is where you, in 30 minutes, you want to capture what's the state of my business. So you're looking at the data and anybody can look at a scorecard and start asking comments or explaining things away because we have a person who basically is accountable for each of those metrics. 
And so all you do is, if it's on track, you just leave it alone. So many people waste time in meetings talking about things that don't need to be talked about because it's self-evident. So, you know, it's kind of like you're not on a phone conversation. You don't have to keep the conversation alive. You're just looking at the data. Do I have something that's out of fault, basically, or in a bad state? And do I need to take action? And if I do, I put it on an issue list and then resolve them during that level 10. So the level 10 is it has 30 minutes of basically status on what we're doing and then 60 minutes for resolving issues. And so that's the power. You want to make sure you have that 60 minutes with your leadership team every week solving problems. And that's done, not done, right? That's done, not done. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it snowed. Yeah. Done, not done. You know, I think about the process. What it feels like to me is you take a nebulous, we're going to run the company thing, and you can really set some very specific milestones, guideposts, tools, techniques, and structure. And as a business owner, there's a transformation when they go into this process. Let's say I'm, I'm the new business owner and I've just adopted the EOS and I'm in my leadership team. What are the typical responses that you would expect to somebody that's doing this for the first or second quarter? What mm-hmm. do you typically see? Well, you get a real sense of how much accountability is in the company. Because, you know, if they're very easily, they don't come to the meeting on time, you know, that's a sign. If they're, they have certain things that they were supposed to accomplish, they don't accomplish them. And one of the things I, we hit at right away is if they don't accomplish what they were supposed to accomplish, the next time I meet with them, I break that down. Why didn't you? Because behind that isn't necessarily, oh, they just couldn't get it done. Behind it is they thought something else was more important than that. They don't know, understand that the little things that they work on compound together to absorb a lot of time that you don't get the real thing that needs to get done. And so, you know, we press into that and find out what are the items, what are the reasons that they're really not getting work done. And then we bring those lessons forward. So the next time we set things up for the deliverables, or we call them rocks, they go ahead and achieve those. It's very obvious that you're excited about helping business owners. And you're a business owner. So what gets you going? Why are you so excited about helping business owners? Well, because, I mean, I've, as you said, I'm involved in Vistage. I've been involved in YPO. I've also been involved in trade association groups. And I can't tell you how many people have just fantastic products or services. And, you know, they have such potential. But because they don't have the business acumen, they're not able to take that thing forward. And so they get shortchanged, basically. And so because I was very fortunate to be a part of these different groups and gain that business acumen, I want to give it to the small business owner because they have very few resources to make that happen. If you go into a favorite bookstore and you look at the business books out there, you know, they're built for the big audiences. And the big audiences typically are the folks who are in professional companies, your Fortune 1000 or more. And these are the people who can move those, take those books and concepts and move them forward. A lot of times when they read it, it doesn't apply to the small business. Okay. And so where does a small business guy go to get the knowledge that they need to push their business forward? And so for me, I get a kick out of that. I like seeing that. I like helping people and I've been doing it. And now I'm actually getting paid for doing it. You know, I mean, in the past, I just volunteered and helped folks. There was a statistic I saw not long ago, since the recession in 0809, they said two thirds of all business, all employment jobs created 
was in the small business community. Now, the flip side to that is for the baby boomer-owned businesses, they say up to 80% of the businesses between 5 and $50 million in revenue will not transact. And you think about that disparity, and I think about for the business owner, that's short of tools. I want to get my business. You know, we didn't talk about it that much. How does, you know, if you're a business owner and you know at some point you're, you're going to exit one way or another, you know, but you're going to exit in the next three to five years, how do you see EOS helping with that exit planning issue? You're hit it right on the mark. Let me tell you, EOS basically creates a business that operates independent of individuals. And so when you're the business owner, you know, you're looking at, let's just say you got a $5 million company, but you're the center of it. Okay. That's doomsday because when someone buys that business, they want to buy the predictability that they're going to be able to generate the same amount of revenue without you being there. And so predictability is all about getting higher multiples on your business and being able to sell it differently. So EOS puts in the processes so that it's not the individual understands the process. It's the business knowledge basically is on paper. Then you have the next thing is that you have a vision. You know how to go forward. So you're able to put something out there a year to three years out. And you're able to actually execute on it. It's in the culture. And so that ability to execute, again, is predictability. So those are the kind of things that really increase the multiples. So the person who's struggling to transact is probably because they put a big S on their shirt for Superman and the business revolves around them. I think about, you know, you talk about predictability and me as a purchaser, I think about that as, as less risk. And so I think as you de-risk a business... And, you know, you have policies and procedures and process and the right people in the seats. And, you know, there's that ongoing business argument. Are you in it or on it? Yep. Yeah. Working in the business versus on it. I mean, so many people focus on working in their business and every single, I mean, they're fighting the fires. They're doing the jobs of their employees. It's like, listen, you might take a step backwards, but you're going to take three or four huge steps forward when you learn to stand back and look at the business and pretend that you're a stakeholder or you're a shareholder, which you really are, and say, how do I influence the business from afar? And as soon as you start looking at it from that perspective, now you're getting out of the business and you're building the core separate from you. And that gives you the predictability and the multiples when you try to sell. Rolling the time back a little bit, when you were a business owner running your business, you know, and then you think about EOS and traction, how did that influence or how would it have influenced your behavior had you had these tools in place when you were running a business? Well, I mean, I'll just tell you, EOS, I did bring EOS in back in 2008, nine. I'm trying to remember which one. But what I found was the business was all over me. I, I like to tell people it felt like I had an octopus on my face and its tentacles all around wrapping me up my arms. And I couldn't get separated from my business. And it was consuming me. And what I needed was to get that space. And when I read the book Traction and started applying some of the tools, um, what I learned was that octopus got away from me. And I started being able to see the forest, okay, at the higher level versus just the trees. And that began basically the ball rolling where there I worked more and more on my business. And so then I put in the data and I started hiring people based on my values I was getting processes documented and my leadership team and I were knocking off issues. Boom, boom. 
And then, of course, I, I had the concept of how to actually deliver. So I was able to still deliver through the traction. So, I mean, that's basically how the EOS came to me and how it affected my business. I think about that, the business owner that has their own pet octopus, and I'm sure that their spouse is very familiar. For you, thinking back, when you went from pre-EOS and traction to implementation, did your spouse notice a difference? <laughs> yeah. The funny thing was that what my spouse said was, I started to be able to do things with you and have you free of the business. And, and truly, it got to this point where I could leave for two weeks, not even call in. And I knew the business was operating well. And if I wanted to, I could look at the scorecard that was posted. And so I, I knew I could look at that data, but I trusted the people who were there. And I trusted that we had the mechanism in place for it to run itself. So really what my wife said was she got to spend a whole lot more time with you. And obviously, because we had some money, we could go to some pretty nice places too. As the business owner. And so I was thinking about allocation of capital inside of a business. So in the beginning, if you don't have the data and all this in place, it may be that your allocation of capital goes to the squeakiest wheel. When you were looking at allocating effort and money, once you got this in place, what did you see? Well, I mean, it, it was allocating, but truly what I was doing most of the time was my margins were pretty thin. So what I was pulling out as a net profit after taxes wasn't as big as I wanted. And so I was operating on kind of a skinny budget, if you will. And so I self-implemented, but what happens with my clients, what I see is they're in that same kind of position. Their profits are tight. And so for them to allocate money towards this is a stretch. But one of the things I have them look at is I say, okay, you've got people operating your company. You've got a payroll. And everything EOS does gives them more vision of where you want to take the company. It allows them to work on data from a data perspective, not just who's upset at the moment. So they know where their company's kind of going. Their processes are better. So they're operating more efficiently. And they're getting things done. They're making their own departments better. If I can't give you 5% back on your overall payroll, I mean, 5% is almost a given. And that in itself for the size of companies I'm working with pays for my fee, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, as you come back in and talk to the adopters of EOS, you know, and you know what the before is like. So what do you typically hear from the people that have adopted and are implementing EOS? What do you typically hear? It's just funny you bring that question up because I was at a YPO holiday party and I have several of my YPO friends are also clients. And there was a gentleman there. He ran the business for a long time and he was transitioning out. He wanted to obviously spend time and do other things. And he didn't really want to sell the business. It's been a family business for a long time. And he pulls me aside in the Christmas party, a holiday party there. And he says, I got to tell you, I am so impressed with what you've been able to do with the leadership team. He goes, it's a night and day. He goes, you know, I'm taking so much time off now that one, I think it benefits the company. But he says, I never would have been able to consider that before EOS. And he says, you've given me freedom, basically. And yeah, he's pulled away from the company, but that really speaks to the rest of the folks. Their mind share gets to go to other places. It's not consumed basically solely on the business. I think about the business owner may fall in love with their business all over again. 
<laughs> in a different way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that they get to do is they get to do what they want in life, basically, because the business is operating well and it doesn't consume as much time. And so one of the things that we say in, in EOS is that we help business leaders get what they want out of the business. You know, and sometimes it's financial freedom in the future that they're going to have or in financial freedom in the current state. It could be also that they now have time to be more with their family, okay, than they were able to in the past. It could be that they get to take the vacations with their spouse to do things. So they have so much more opportunity to not only get more out of their business, but more out of life. You know, I, I think about many of the business owners that have been doing this for a long time and, you know, the people in their business or, you know, extended family. What do you hear from the people that are the implementers, the employees of the business? What do you hear from those folks? They feel like they've gotten off the leash, basically, mm -hmm. is they tend to get a little more power, a little more individuality because they know where the business is going. They know what the, the owner values. And so they're able to operate within that. So they get more freedom that way. Another thing that employees say is that there's so much more harmony. I was just at a, a client this week here. And one of the things they said was, it was amazing how many vendors were bringing by holiday gifts. And when they'd sit in the office, the vendor would go, man, I get such a great vibe when I'm in the company. They don't even know, they don't even step into the back cubicles. But just with the people that they interact with, there's so much more, I'd say, peace and joy that they see. And it's kind of funny how an outsider can notice that from coming in to bring a gift, you know, for mm -hmm. the holiday season. But, I mean, it's there. There's a range of issues. You've got the, the before company and the after company. And you've seen enough where you go into a company and you go, I'll bet you you have these following issues. And I, I was looking at some of the notes here basically starts out with control. What do you typically see in the non-EOS business owner? Basically, they come in on a Monday. They've spent Sunday night kind of deciding what they want to try to get done. By Tuesday, the train's starting to rattle off the track. And by Thursday, they're doing things they never could have imagined. And so there's just no ability to look out on the horizon, pick something, and make it happen. You were talking about thin margins in your business and I wonder if some of the business owners even know what their margins are. And you think about, am I going to point money and effort on this thing or that thing? What happens to the recognition and the profit for these companies prior to getting on EOS versus after? Well, obviously afterwards, they, they've got more to invest and decide what they want to do with it. But in the immediate, they, oftentimes they don't understand the data enough and how the other key metrics play into that. One of the things we have is what we call a cash flow driver tool. And we help them see that, yeah, there's basics to cash flow, right? You've got your sales, you've got your COGS that come off of that, generates a net pro or COGS? Yeah, cost of goods sold. I'm okay. sorry. It's what you have to do to actually produce a unit of whatever it is you sell. Then you get a gross profit, okay? And then from that, they got operating expenses. They got to go against that. And so when they realize that how they do their processes, actually affects the operating costs and how they have folks reporting to one another and getting, you know, I would call a little fat basically on the mid-management, they realize they can save some money there, okay? And so by looking at the metrics, they're able to actually see, oh, if I pull this lever here, 
I'm able to affect my operating cost or my cost of goods sold, and therefore I get more profit. And so they actually learn quite a bit about how the company operates from a financial and also from a metric standpoint. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to to a banker that both of us know, and she was talking that many business owners come in and absolutely don't know that. They don't know where the profit comes from, and they have no idea which lever to pull. And, you know, and I think about how much education either one of us didn't have on those. It's remarkable, really, that they don't know. There's been a lot of talk, it seems like a, re- a recent buzzword about vision. You know, do you have vision? Do you have alignment? When you see a company that basically is, doesn't have vision in place, what are the symptoms you typically see in that company? They're waste a lot of effort. Because when you have a vision, you may look out three years and say, this is kind of a picture I want. And so it says it's a reference point. And then what you're supposed to do is back it off and say, okay, what do I do this year to get me a third closer to that three-year picture. And so then you have to you know what you have to get done this year. And then you take what you have to get done this year and say, okay, on a quarterly basis, all right, what do I need to, to deliver on a quarterly basis to produce that annual or that vision for the year? And so mm-hmm. you're breaking this thing down. We call I call it chunking, basically. Mm-hmm. But there's no chunking. So what happens is they choose to do things just because they like or want to do something but it never ties in with something else that ultimately delivers on something that's going to be useful in the future. I think about that. And so, so I'm that business owner, right? And so I've been very fortunate to run my business and I'm sitting here going, you know, I think I got all that covered, but I'm plateauing. I can't seem to find the handle to move my company to the next level. Yeah, we call that hitting the ceiling. And every company hits the ceiling. What gets them to the point where they get stuck won't get them past the point where they can start climbing again. So they have to do things differently. There's just nothing else that can be looked at. And what we like to call it is moving from an evolution standpoint that drives you forward to a revolution that when you get stuck, you have to do something completely different. And EOS helps you do that because it builds about structure helps you understand structure, how to systemize things, how to simplify things. And the last one would be how to, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the fifth one. Anyway. I think about, you know, that's that old thing. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. And, you know, for the business owner, you either have chaos or you're plateauing or you're going like, we keep doing it this way. We're not going to be here in a few years. And I think there's a feeling of no tools. You know, how do I go get help? And you go to your CPA and the CPA may say, well, you know, your cost of goods is out of line. And, you know, and I don't know, that might tell you what's going on, but it doesn't tell you how to fix it. Yeah. You can't look at your business as slivers, okay, if you will, of a, or pieces of a pie. You can actually think about it so that you're completing the whole, but that's the power of EOS is it's a whole system. It's an operating system. So think about any computer you have or even your phone, you know. Something underneath keeps that going, and it looks at it from a system standpoint. Now, you may have apps that help you in one area or other, but they don't get to be. They don't get to actually help you unless that foundation is there as a whole, and EOS is what implements that foundation. I'm the business owner, and I'm going, you know what? This sounds exactly like something I really need to study and understand better. So if they reach out to you and they go, so... What should I expect 
as a next step if I've reached out to you and said, I'd like to talk further. And then once you get past the talk further, what happens when you come in to implement? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, this is something we actually help clients obtain is it's a repeatable process, okay? And it's a process that you follow religiously from a customer when you first get a lead all the way till you deliver the invoice. You know, there is a process, a proven process that happens. Same thing for us. We start off with a 90-minute overview presentation with your leadership team, okay? Again, we only work with leadership teams. We don't work with individuals. So that in the 90 minutes, they get to understand the six key components in more detail and the tools that are behind them. Once they understand that and they say, yes, I want to move forward, then we have for the first three months, we have one day we meet with them each month. Okay, these are full day sessions. And we implement the foundation of tools of how to get accountability, how to get alignment in terms of accountability, then also the vision. Okay, where do you want to do, where do you want to get to and how are you going to get to that point in this year? So that happens in the first three months that we work with a client. Then after that, we move to a quarterly because here we start that quarterly cadence of how do you check in, look at what you did the last 90 minutes, learn from it, we introduce a new tool, and then we look forward 90 days and say, what do you have to get done? And so we start that cadence, basically, that meeting cadence of every quarter. Now, when it comes to year end, this is the point where we go back, review the vision again, say if it's in the right place, build a one-year plan, and move forward with that. So in all, it's about over the course of two years, it's about 10 to 12 sessions. We know every session what we're going to take you through and what homework you're going to have and what results we're going to get. Just so you know, yeah, we charge a fee for this, okay? But it's totally guaranteed. You don't like any one of those sessions, you don't pay. If you want to stop after the second session, stop, right? There's no contract on this. So we totally want to make sure we take away all the obstacles that would prevent you from moving forward. You know, I think about the guarantee. This is pretty good. If you don't like it, we're done. For you, as as you look at the inventory of clients, is there a specific industry or type of client that you work with best? No, there isn't. And that's something I like because mm-hmm. what it gives me personally is diversity. So, you know, I came from a training background and a, if you will, technology background, but I'm getting to work with construction firms and it works just as good with manufacturing firms and services firms. So it's across the board, no matter what, every company needs an operating system to work on. As you you look over the inventory of clients and success and using the EOS system for the companies that push back and they go, well not for me or not now or whatever. What are the typical pushback points that you hear? This is my least favorite part that I I usually have to deal with. There's a lot of folks who don't want to try things new. They want the different results, but they don't want to try this. Oh, that won't work in our company. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. All we say is just try this. You get to go back to your normal self. It doesn't work, but you got to just try it. So one is folks have to be teachable. Okay. Mm -hmm. They got to want to try something new. They have to be transparent also, meaning when they screw up, it can't be because it's some other reason. It's because of them. Leadership teams need to realize that the situation that the business is in is because of them. 
They've implemented this systems and everything. They can't escape that accountability. Okay. So they have to understand too, that they have to learn and get better at that. So I would say those are probably the two bigger. One I would also say is they have to be gracious because what I found is if a leadership team isn't gracious to some sort that they can say, thank you. And I thank you for helping me. They're the same way with their employees. And so they're looking at their employees as objects. The power in having a small business is that you get to treat employees individually, okay? You know them, you know their family, you know their kids, you know the situations they're going through. And because you operate the company that's small enough, you get to do certain things for employees in certain situations that big companies can never do. I mean, I've given women who had tough uh, pregnancies, I've been able to give them, you know, three months off and work from home as best you can because I care for them. I had another employee, their brother, was hurt in an accident and it was, you know, it was in San Diego. I paid for her flight out there to go ahead and be with her brother. And, you know, those are favors I'm giving people. But, you know, if I was in a bigger company, they'd call that, you know, partiality. Mm-hmm. I think about the business owner that's out there and you go, you know, I've got a good company, you know, and at some point as I transition in that company, do you hear feedback from business purchasers, acquirers? that look at a company that's adopted EOS, what do you typically hear from that crowd? Well, I mean, it's the thing, like I said, the predictability. They have a great sense that the business is going to be able to operate with the owners gone, the previous Mm -hmm. owners gone. So they love that aspect. The other thing that they like is that there's always a good sense of that they're going to have sales coming in the door, okay? They're operating efficiency, is good and their, their due diligence typically is smaller because all the data is at hand. There's been some economic discussion of recession, not recession. You know, are we or aren't we? Or you know, it's a business cycle. Yep. What you know for the companies that are implementing and executing on EOS, let's say they're eighty percent of the way there. Do you see their behavior different in recessionary times than those that aren't? I'll just say that they're able to to react much better. Okay, mm-hmm. because they have all the measurements they need, and they understand the underlying capabilities of structure, systematizing things, okay, simplifying things. They know how to do that. So when the ceiling, the revenue ceiling starts to come down, they know how to operate differently in that environment to get back going up. I was thinking, and I got introduced to you through Vistage, and you're in front of YPO and Vistage. When you get in front of a YPO group or a Vistage group that has not heard you speak before, what do you typically hear from the audience after you get done with your presentation? First, during the presentation, I see a lot of head shaking. Yes, yeah, that's what I've got, you know. And it's fun because they actually start asking questions and they're, they're speaking about how it could be in their business. When you offer someone something that it's that clear that they want to start thinking about how it operates in their business, that's a lot of fun. But the biggest thing is they go, listen, you basically have never seen my business yet. You're telling me exactly how it is and you're, you're telling the truth. And you give me hope that there is a way for me to move past where I'm at and to have better results versus just being stuck in this situation until I leave the business. Hope and choice, right? And so for the business owner out there, you know, that's going like, you know, wow, I don't know if this is for me or not. Well, the first order of business is we need to know how to reach you on social media. So how do folks find you? Well, the easiest thing is on LinkedIn. You know, I have a company page and I also have an individual page there too. 
So that's an easy way to get. The other one is just do bizx, B-I-Z-E-X-E.com. And that's my website. And you can go there and, and see more about me and, and how I've helped others. Yeah, and, and when they find you on, on LinkedIn, it's Ben Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R. Yep. And so they can find you that way. And for many folks, the reason we met is I'm, I'm a fan of business owners, obviously business leaders podcast. I was unaware of this tool until you presented to Vistage. And, you know, and I think about the business owners going like, I didn't know this tool and service was available, which I think is, is sad because m- most business owners that I know, they're just wonderful people and they really do care about their employees. And, you know, when you think about the ability to move the needle and, and affect your employees' families' lives, you know, this is a yep. great tool to do that. On a personal level, what keeps you busy these days besides EOS? I've raised my kids. Yeah. <laughs> They're 33, 31, and 29. Boy, girl, boy. I've got grandchildren from them. And so I'm able to have fun with them. And, and it's, when we were emptying nesters, I think we were the freest the first four years, maybe, while the kids were in college. But now that they're out of college, they're married, and they have families, we find ourselves being restricted, our schedule restricted to be around the, the grandchildren. So that keeps me busy. I do some volunteer work also. And I love to hunt, you know, just like yourself. So, and fish, I should say also. But uh, yeah, that, that's basically what keeps me busy. Well, Ben, you know, this has been, you know, I, I think for the listener, you know, that's out there going like, is this for me? My advice is, is, you know what? It's hard to say if this is for you if you don't reach out and ask and to contact you and have a discussion and you go, you know, fish or cut bait, you know, are you going to take and come and, and look and look at the company? And I don't think there's any harm in reaching out. You know, the reason you're on the podcast is I, I was going like, I had no idea. And the listeners need to know that there's a tool out here that can help them go to the next level yep. and make your company sellable and change. You know, the, the you know, statistic, 80% of a business owner's net worth is tied up in their business. And you think about, can you move that needle and change the trajectory of your family? And the answer is yes. So I would encourage you guys, uh, you know, that are out there on the fence, get busy, reach out. And uh, I think this would help you. So, Ben, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time to be on the show. That's an honor. I appreciate it. I enjoy doing these things. Super, Ben. Thanks so much. All right. Take care.